0: To this special edition of Global Nashville with Carl Dean. I'm Tennessee World Affairs Council President Patrick Ryan. Today, we welcome Scott Hamilton, the most recognized male figure skating star in the world. Scott Hamilton has won 70 titles, awards, and honors, including an Emmy Award nomination, induction into the United States Olympic Hall of Fame, and a privileged member of the World Figure Skating Hall of Fame. In 1984, Scott captured the attention of the world with his Olympic gold medal performances in Sarajevo, and since has shared his love and enthusiasm for the sport as an analyst, commentator, performer, producer, and best-selling author. He is also the founder of the Scott Hamilton Skating Academy at the Ford Ice Centers in Antioch, Tennessee, and Bellevue, Tennessee, where he may frequently be found coaching, learn to skate students, and sharing his love of skating. You can take a look at scotthamilton.com for more details about his fascinating story and to check out his books. Now onto our conversation, Mayor Dean. Right, thanks Pat and um, Scott,
1: it's good to have you with us.
0: Oh, it's good to see you again, we miss you. <laughs> we loved
2: having you as our mayor, that's I, for
1: sure. I enjoyed it <laughs> and uh, I think some of the one of the great highlights of my time as mayor for me was working with you uh, uh, on the Ford Ice Center and- um, it always- That's where I am
2: right now. <laughs>
1: Well, it gives me such pride to think about that you're <clears throat> affiliated with this, our first real ice center in Nashville that the city's been involved in and what that means for the, the people of Nashville, in particular, that area of the city. Um, you just made a wonderful contribution to the city. And just well, thank a couple you. of weeks ago, I saw the Tennessean had a story about you and your contributions to Nashville and what you mean to Nashville that um, uh, very it's very nice and well-deserved.
2: Well, thank you. It's a it's an
1: easy city to fall in love with, and it's such a an
2: incredibly generous, welcoming city. It's it's got uh, so many great qualities. You know, I think I heard it said best that it's um, it's big city amenities with small town accountability, and um, you know, again, just um, being offered that invitation by the Nashville Predators and you to get involved in the the first Ford Ice Center in Antioch. And now Bellevue, it's been just such an upgrade in my life to be able to to give back to, um, you know, figure skating and hockey and, and all ice sports to to be able to, you know, build them and grow them and allow people to fall in love with something that uh, has carried me through my lifetime and, and in so many different ways. And and uh, and just and, you know, really just uh, try to grow um. interest in skating in this community we just had the u.s figure skating championships here which chose our um, u.s olympic team and how exciting um, that was to be able to see those skaters assembled on the ice receiving gibson guitars commemorative guitars that will allow them to always remember a very special time they had in nashville and and none of that would have been possible without the the growth in in figure skating interest and and learn to skate programs that um you helped create, and uh, now um, Nashville's poised to um, host more and more big events just like that. So I'm um, really excited about you know just uh being a citizen here and and then being able to take my love of sport to um you know to the city and to the surrounding areas and and just allow other people to feel what I felt, and that's just the cool air hitting me in the face and just the challenge of um, strapping knives to your feet and trying to navigate them.
1: <laughs> um, how long have you been in Nashville, Tennessee?
2: <clears throat> well, we moved here uh,
1: 2006,
2: I believe. It uh, might have been 2005, so almost 16 years, around there.
1: Uh-huh. And so tell us a little bit just about your, your background. Where Where did you grow up and how did you get into skating? How did, how did you end up being... Oh, wow.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, I'm I'm old now. So it's kind of an involved story. But um, I was uh, fortunate to be adopted by two school teachers from Northwestern Ohio, a man uh, by the name of Sam Miller, uh, Sam Miller, Sam Cooper, um, built, uh, he was a professor at the university where my dad was a professor and, and he uh, convinced the athletic department to build an ice skating rink, uh, to have a hockey team and classes for the university. And so I started skating there and uh, my parents uh, just invested everything they had in um, allowing me to be a skater because my health was uh, pretty bad as a young child, but skating somehow uh, miraculously helped it. And so um, I became a skater living in Bowling Green, Ohio, and uh, then, you know, training facilities started coming into focus. So I trained in North um, Northern Illinois for a while at the Wagon Wheel with Janet Lynn and Gordy McKellen and other kind of famous skaters of their time and then moved to Denver and took from uh, Dorothy Hamill's coach for a few years, then moved to Philadelphia, uh, took from a a coach that showed incredible interest in me. We moved back to Denver, um, he and I, and um, took over that rink uh, when Carlo Fossey moved to the Broadmoor and took over that program. And so um, lived in Denver for quite a, a long time and then um, survived cancer and and just felt like I needed to kind of step away and figure things out and ended up in Los Angeles where I met my wife, and we had our first child there and just and just kind of felt like maybe um, it wasn't really the right place for us to raise him and so um, uh, dear friends uh, Brad and Kim Paisley said why don't you come visit us in Nashville and see if you like that you know for to raise your family and we spent a few days here and decided this would be a great fit for us. and we had no idea how that decision would bless us and um, just you know how it would change our lives for the better.
1: is is sort of the big moment in your career sort of take the takeoff point was that the Olympics in Sarajevo?
2: You know, there's so many, you know it's that's the biggest one. That's the most obvious uh, answer would be, you know, the day you become, an Olympian and I competed in like Placid, at the 80 games, but it's the day, you know, you sit on the podium that really changes the, um, you know, just sort of your relationship with the general public and it changes how people look at you and it creates new opportunities to grow a life and a business and, in, in skating and, and in the public, uh, arena. So yeah, I'd, I'd say Sarajevo and, and winning the gold medal was a huge, um, opportunity for me to leverage that um, awareness and, and build a professional career, one that I thought would last two to four years if I was really fooling a lot of people, <laughs> but it lasted 20. So I was able to tour as a professional skater for 20 years and, and what a blessing that was because you know it just opened so many other doors for me and broadcasting and speaking and and my Cancer Foundation cares that we've been able to grow and build to honor not only my mother who lost her battle to cancer, but uh, so many others that really are looking for better ways to treat their cancer and survive it.
1: You, um, of course, won the gold medal at Sarajevo and you mentioned you were there at Lake Placid. Um, How many Olympics have you participated in?
2: Well, two as a competitor. And then um, I went to two as a spectator uh los angeles and beijing and then i have um i broadcast this will be my ninth one i believe it's my ninth one as a broadcaster coming up for the beijing (laughs) games and uh and you know it's about to open yeah
1: the olympics in terms of um is it the biggest Event in your in your sport? Um, Oh,
2: definitely, yeah. I think it's you know for winter sports especially, it's gigantic. I think the Olympic Games in general. I think the only sport that has more viewership is the FIFA World Cup, Um, but the Olympic Games are really important as a movement in our world because I think it's the only it's the only um, entity that can tell you know two warring countries to lay down your arms. And they'll do it for 16 days. Uh, no other entity can do that. So I think it's it's the world coming together in peace, um, in harmony to uh, not not um, uh, focus on their differences, but to celebrate their uniqueness, uh, to also celebrate youth and excellence and sport, and to celebrate the human condition. You know, the the whole idea of being better than you've ever been is. Uh, is a concept I think we can all relate to. And I think the Olympics is one of those shared moments, uh, shared activities, shared, um, uh, you know, kind of uh, events that really just allow us to celebrate life uh, in ways that uh, inspire us to, to rise up to our own challenges and, and, uh, and to really see people uh, from other nations and other ideologies differently um, than just, you know, watching the news and all the, horrific things that we deal with day to day.
1: As you go, um, will you be at the Olympics this year?
2: No one is really, (laughs) except the athletes. Um, You know, I think what you'll see from the coverage from NBC, um, you know, I'm I'm creating a uh, broadcast bunker in the basement of my house, and I'll be a contributing person on a show called Olympic Ice. And we'll be talking about uh, you know the Olympics what's happened and what's about to happen and and it's a fun group of people and a lot of contributors and people are going to learn a lot about skating as they do every four years and and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun I, A lot of the Olympics are going to be broadcast out of studio in Stanford Connecticut which is kind of the broadcast home of the Olympics summer and winter that's where all the offices are and a lot of their contributing studios so they're going to turn that into what would be the international broadcast center. I think is it, most of everything is going to be broadcast out of Connecticut. I think um, just uh, you know sort of again what we're dealing with as a, as a, a global community with uh, COVID and and uh, hopefully you know seeing this sort of turn into something else. I think offers us optimism, but it's still too soon. For all of us to go and and be um, in a country where um, you know things are a lot different uh, than they would need to be in order for us to be able to broadcast these games uh, properly.
1: Do you have any um, sense of what the, the highlights might be in the skating?
2: Oh, you know, it's it's like every Olympics. You know, you you're caught off guard. You know, I was totally like, I was totally addicted to curling in the last Olympics. And the only, because I was working so hard, the only event I was able to attend was the women's hockey final, which was exciting. It went down to a shootout between Canada and the United States. And and we were down in the two attack zone where I like to sit for the predator games. Um, And it was really fun to look across the ice and to see the American goalie during a shootout with a big huge radiant smile on her face, like she knew exactly how this thing was going to come out. And the Americans came away with a gold medal. And it was really fun to see a rivalry deliver on that promise of being just down to the wire great game. So I'm a huge hockey fan, as you know from my dedication. Like the I think it was the second thing I did. First thing I did was buy a house in Nashville. The second thing I did was um, get season tickets to the Predators because I knew that I was touring anymore and I could actually pull that off. And then I, you know, after that, it was just golf memberships and things like that. But, you know, it was a priority for me to get hockey tickets. And I love hockey. I grew up with hockey. And uh, my favorite thing at the Olympics is international hockey and all those great rivalries like Russia, United States, Canada, United States. My favorite is uh, Finland, Sweden because they're neighboring countries that have so much in common, but when it comes to hockey, they absolutely hate each other. And it's so much fun to watch. Um, But yeah, it's, it's the Olympics. So speed skating, um, figure skating, hockey, the the skiing and all the new kind of more um, X game type of skiing events that are so exciting and so head to head and, and to see the iconic athletes, you know, like Sean White and, And uh, Michaela Schifrin and um, and Nathan Chen now favored to win the gold medal in men's figure skating, which is, you know, we're all kind of, um, you know, all is, you know, I think there's 16 of us now in the club of of living, but every Olympic gold medalist ever in figure skating are still alive. And, uh, you know, we are, you know, strategizing on how we are going to welcome Nathan Chen to, um, you know, our circle and, and it's, it's surreal for me to be there because you know I'm the most unlikely person to ever win an Olympic gold medal. But to see Nathan, to see what he's done in the sport, and to see him right there just on the precipice and um, favored, heavily favored to win the gold medal, um, it'll be exciting to welcome him into the fold and, and to celebrate his achievement uh, for the, in, as, in the history of the sport. Very exciting.
1: Well, it's interesting you mentioned the uh, the Finns and the Swedes, and you think about the predators. Uh, you, yeah, that you know these hockey teams have are made up of definitely very diverse multinational groups, where you're going to have Swedes and Finns and Canadians and Americans and everybody else on one team, and they all come together and work very well together. But then have these national rivalries that sort of pre-existed and don't stand in the way, though, of friendship and, and teamwork.
2: No, definitely not. I mean, when I look back, um, even and you know, when I, I, I see the year after year after year, you know, just the, the, the broad, uh, representation, uh, you know, of world athletics on the Predators, uh, teams, you know, you look back even now, you know, we've got a, a European captain, you know, we had a Finnish goalie. We've had, um, you know, Canadian, uh, captains we've had, you know, um, Americans, I mean, all over the map, you know, people coming in and, and really contributing and just, you know, again, they've grown up loving hockey and they've grown up as, as elite players and, and for them to bring their talents and their skills to this town and for a Southern city like Nashville, I think it was always the smallest market team. I think it's, you know, the markets growing fast enough where that may not be the case anymore, but for us to, to be competitive the way that the Predators have been competitive and to see again, just the international flavor of of, you know, this team, it's really remarkable to see all these styles come together because each style of hockey is different, you know, in the different regions for them to come together and, and play as a unified force is really fun to watch.
1: Can you, um, shifting gears, you, know, you mentioned we talked about your background um, losing your mother and your work in, in the field of uh, of cancer um, you talk about that how that is going and what and and, and your commitment to that well it
2: you know it started um, my mom was the center of my universe you know I joke that she was a four by four <laughs> in fact I got a picture of her right there that's my mom that's her high school graduation picture I have it in my office um, here at the Fort High Center and I I just I look at her and, and just her radiant smile and and just um, how she was just beloved at the university. Everyone that knew her loved her. She was a very strong, kind, hilarious woman, and um, you know she fought cancer hard for about two and a half years and lost her battle and it was then that i I, I realized that you know if i could if I could somehow fundraise. And uh, find a treatment for her cancer through fundraising and, and just funding research only, that maybe I'd, I'd understand why I was born. You know, it's, it's, you know, being an unwanted, unintended child adopted at six weeks of age by this incredible woman. Maybe if I could find a way to save another 18 year old young man from losing, you know, the center of his life, um, maybe I'd, I'd understand better why I was able to, you know, occupy this earth. But, you know, 20 years after losing her, I I became ill with cancer. And so I went from becoming a fundraiser to being more of an activist and trying to change the cancer experience for anyone going through it through um, psychological support with my fourth angel mentoring program, through intellectual support with, um, you know, the chemocare.com program, that we created. Took me a long time to fundraise for that bad boy. And then, uh, you know, with just uh, the research now and the people that we partner with to really focus on the cancer and sparing the patient harm. You know, I'm I'm here um, 25 years later because of chemotherapy and I can't wait to get rid of it. There's a better way. Uh, Science has been proven that our immune system's offer so many miraculous ways of rising above different illnesses. And, and so we invest in immunotherapy, targeted therapies that, that really just focus on the cancer and, um, and really just prevent harm to the overall patient. I mean, you know, when you think about chemotherapy and long-term effects, they're still studying those. and um, We funded, um, you know, my wife and I funded a study at Vanderbilt of long-term effects for children that have been exposed to chemotherapy. And um, we're really excited to see what they learn and how we can prevent a a lot of that long-term damage by focusing more on um, allowing the immune system to fight the cancer. And over these last two nightmarish years of COVID, I think we've learned a lot about immune systems. And I think we understand that our bodies are miraculous in being able to fight things back we just have to show them how. And so with CARES and we're, I, you know, it's it's it, it's no accident that we are, um, our offices are at the Proton Therapy Center, one of 34 proton centers in the country where uh, a proton therapy is a very specific, very precise form of radiation where instead of having this big blast of radiation that um, creates a lot of collateral damage in the region where the treatment um, takes place. Proton therapy is a particle. It's a proton from a hydrogen atom. And it's very precise. It's almost like a sniper instead of the grenade that we're used to with traditional radiation. And it, it treats the patient and spares all of the harm that comes with kind of what we've, you know, the status quo of, of cancer treatment options. So we fund, we fundraise and we fund, um, you know, immunotherapy research. And when you think of, you know, uh, Jim Parsons, uh, who just won the uh, the Nobel Prize for his work in immunotherapy, um, it, it's amazing um, how um, it, the promise that you know we stepped into, sort of as a step a little bit in the dark, not totally, but it was before the first drug hit the market. We put our stake in the ground, saying we're only going to fund immunotherapy research. It's amazing how far it's come in those seven years, and how it is the promise that will treat all cancers in the future. And also, a lot of the ones that are big, nasty, horrible bullies that really have no hope, Um, like the one we're funding now, which is for um, medulla blast. I know we did that one already for um, glioblastoma multiform, which offers very little hope. You know, you think of John McCain um, glioblastoma, you think of Uh, Ted Kennedy, glioblastoma. Think of uh, Bo Biden, glioblastoma. It doesn't care what side of the aisle you're on. It doesn't care. It's going to, you know, once it hits you, you know, there's 12% one-year survival rates on that form of cancer. And it's just heart-wrenching to think that there is really the only answer is probably immunotherapy. And uh, we're investing in that now. It's, it's, an expensive one. So um, we're really hoping that we can leverage relationships and bring more people on board to help us meet our goals and um, funding this fully and, and raising the bar for people that um, are really looking for ways to survive this horrible disease.
1: Yeah, well, thank you and your wife and For all your hard work in this area, it really is. Yeah, she's
2: the brains of the operation, you know.
1: Yeah, (laughs)
2: Yeah, I'm just a muscle, right? Yeah.
1: (laughs) The COVID probably, the pandemic presents whole new challenges for anybody with any pre-existing condition or immune issue. Yeah, and I do think,
2: you know, know, my wife's background has always been in... um, Uh, in body care and nutrition and um, homeopathy. And, and we've been able to really just um, hunker down and just feed our immune systems. And, and, you know, we've all been through it in our household and, you know, uh, we've endured it and it, you know, it hits a couple of us harder than, you know, the others. Um, It's definitely not for everyone. Um, But, you know, medicine is, Um, you know, they practice medicine and, you know, we do the best we can, but, you know, it's medicine isn't a one size fits all thing. We've got to, and that's what I love about Vanderbilt. They're into, you know, really precision medicine that is meant to be individualized. And so they look after each patient uh, as an individual ecosystem and they try to, you know, really treat them in the best way possible, and and the best hospitals do just that, you know, it's not just, um, everybody just do this, <laughs> you know, it's, it's uh, you know, everybody's different, you know, we can stand next to each other, and we have a lot in common, and then we have a lot of things that, you know, are unique, and we need to, you know, really look at um, medicine in that way that, you know we need to teach our bodies how to rise above um, affliction, and um, that's why we're so excited about the work we do in cancer. and And I think we're going to learn a lot uh, from this, um, you know, two plus year period of of COVID, um, the response to it, what we did right, what we did wrong, and you know, looking ahead to you know other things that hit our world hard like this, because the world's just getting smaller and smaller. What we learned that worked and didn't work, and how we can bring people together instead of divide them, and, and how we can um, really just link arms and and just look after something that in a way that allows people to um, to live confidently and and not you know just be you know living in fear. Um, I saw so much of that, and fear is illogical. Fear is, um, you know, fear is a liar. Um, we need to step into things with um, knowledge and with confidence, and um, we need to participate fully. Um, and we have to do that ourselves. This is our lives that we're fighting for. So I think this is a, a really incredible time in our history, and I think we're going to learn a lot about not only just infectious disease, but I think we're going to learn a lot about cancer, our body's um, power to take on these different elements and and use them to return to health. and And uh, it's important. I think we're going to learn a lot.
1: Well, so um, in our closing minutes, I just wanted to ask, um, you've been here, you know, since the 90s, um, seen a lot of change. Um, I'm assuming from our conversation and what I know that you're happy here. Um, oh. <laughs> what's your sense of how the city's, what's the city's future? Do you think it's going to continue on this line of, uh, I think, becoming a more interesting, diverse compelling place to be, but um, I think I know the answer, but I'd like to hear your thoughts on what you think. The city. Oh, it,
2: it's amazing. You know, when you look at, um, you know, how this city is now being populated, you know, people are coming in from all over the United States to live here, all different kinds of backgrounds, all different kinds of education. Companies are seeking the economic relief from being in a business friendly state, then you're getting out of some of the states that maybe aren't so friendly to business. And they're finding that, you know, um, I, I really love the fact that this is a compassionate city. It's a faith-based city. It is a city where people can come and feel um, whole. I mean, you know, I, I, um, we just lost a, a dear, dear family member a couple weeks ago. And the support we received, you know, I, I joke with my wife all the time. I go, this happens all the time in Los Angeles
0: it doesn't,
2: you know, Nashville, we have so much food that I'm, I'm finding my, I'm, I'm walking the, the, you know, what the normal 20 minute drive would be to the rink. I have to walk it because I have to burn the calories from all the unbelievable support that we've gotten, uh, flowers arriving daily calls, prayer requests. It's just been extraordinary to see that this town is, is a town that's going to change, um, for the better the way people live all around the world. I mean, you think of what Danny Thomas has done in Memphis with St. Jude and what Vanderbilt's doing here as far as his health, but as far as business and example, um, it's extraordinary. Um, I mean, you were, you were amazing at building the Music City Center knowing that Nashville is a destination city and it's, you know, it's not just this really fun little few blocks on Broadway where they have honky-tonks and country music. No, this is a dynamic community that is a healthcare center. It is um, an entertainment center. It's a hospitality center. It is a great place to do business. It is a great place to raise a family. Um, you know, I, I was living in LA when they moved Nissan to, to, to Franklin and I, you know, their 2,500 resumes hit the market all at once because they were afraid. They're like, how can we leave this? And then I'd meet people when we, when we moved to, to Franklin. We'd meet people, and i and I,
0: awesome.
2: It's like my yeah. kids. I mean, it's like it's so much easier, and it's so much friendlier. And I'll tell you, it, it is my favorite airport in the world. It's just it works um tsa is friendly bag everything works everything is smooth everything is easy everything is and the growth of it is logical and it's fun and it's and it's just easy and um i i mean nashville is it 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 delivers on the promise that it's a great place to raise a family it's a great place to grow a business it's a great place um just to be and when i think about how when we're at capacity in nashville how Chattanooga and Knoxville and other cities in the United States are going to benefit. Um, it, it's just a great, Tennessee is a great place, great culture, um, and just a phenomenal place uh, to live. And we couldn't be happier here.
1: Yes, uh, you said it all very well. And I think um, I think this point about Nashville being such a friendly place, I, that's always struck me. This is the friendliest place I've ever lived or ever really spent in the Time in, and um, I, I think it's just a great city. And let me thank you for taking the time to do this. It was a wonderful conversation. Wonderful. The
2: anything you. for you,
1: anything. <laughs> I appreciate that.
2: Yeah, your impact on this city is um, was remarkable, and you were a great mayor. And and you walked the walk literally. I mean, you walked the walk. You know, you do walks with um, you know constituents and neighbors and whoever want. You'd walk, and you would be spend time with. People and you were open and you were you know, a great communicator and your vision for the city um, was spectacular. So thank you, um, thank you for being our mayor and, and thank you for building these um, amazing facilities and allowing me to spread the love and, and uh, grow the sport.
1: That would, you know, that's the one thing to think about. If you had said, in, when I moved to Nashville in you know, 1983, that we would have a hockey team and that we'd have ice rinks, and we'd have an Olympian teaching sk- skating at our ice rinks in Nashville. I mean, who would have believed it? But it's all <laughs> faith. It's all about faith. All about it's faith. It's all about faith. Well, thank you, Scott.
2: Well, God bless you, Mayor. Good to talk to you.
1: Take care. Bye bye.